This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 15, Episode 2. This is Ian, your host, and... This is Steph. And this is Steel. And today we have our reviews of Detective Comics and Greater Gotham. And that's pretty much it. A pretty business-like episode. No news yet. Although, uh, recording Tuesday night, we are hearing rumblings from various writers on Twitter that there may be a big DC announcement. But... Since it's Tuesday night, we're not going to see it. So let's get to our review of Detective Comics number 1068. Written by Ram V. Illustrated by Yvonne Ries and Raphael Albuquerque. Harvey Dent watches Gotham burn at the hands of the Orgum family and their supernatural agents as they tether Asmer demons to many prisoners, creating an army of supernatural slave soldiers. Two-Face demands to be set free, so he can control Harvey and his body and resist their own Asmer possession, as seen in last month's backup story. Batman soars overhead in the Batwing as Gordon warns him it's a trap. But Batman dives in anyway, engaging Gale the Werewolf using freeze bombs to neutralize the asthma attackers, and bashing Gale with nano-silver in his suit. However, the five-armed dark blood paralyzes Batman, breaking his ribs and scratching curare poison into his chest through his armor. About to tether Batman to an asthma as Harvey and Two-Face argue for possession of their body, Batman impossibly overcomes his pain and the poison and stands. Harvey flips his coin and tells Two-Face Batman's secret identity, relinquishing control to his darker half, who blows Batman's attackers away, then blows up the building to cover their escape. Commissioner Montoya watches her city burn, waiting for Batman as Gordon searches for his friend. Harvey tries to get Batman to a doctor, but finds the Ten-Eyed Man instead. What do you think about the Orgum plan to remove Batman wait, from their wait, cell? Wait, 
wait, wait, wait, before you, before you ask, was that the 10 I met or was that the, the woman from before? You know how she kept having the weird eyes? No, I think no, that no, was no, the no. mask. No, 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 mask. So, so the uh, mask was just the weird mask that the four-eyed lady wears, or the four-irised lady wears. Yeah, the wait. creepy eye lady does have weird eye thing going on, but she doesn't have the eyes in her fingers, and that's very clearly the ten-eyed men who we saw in the Arkham Origin, no, Arkham Asylum Order of the World miniseries. Oh, I definitely didn't see that. I, I so. Yeah, I didn't read that. Okay, so go back. Neither did I mean, I. I only read about <laughs> half of it because so, I really don't like the Ten-Eyed Man. He is really creepy and gross. All right. So, all right. So, first question: What do you think about the Orgum plan to remove Blackman? Wow. What do you think about the Orgum plan to remove Batman from their spell that dominates Gotham City? Um, I don't. Wait. What spell? What? So in the annual, no, but this is why I'm asking. So why are we going back to the annual? Uh, because they reference it. So they said in this issue that Batman. I, I understand that, but I think this is a question you asked already. I mean, I asked it during the annual. Yeah, but why are we asking it? Because now Batman knows. I don't know. Doesn't change. Doesn't change the answer. I don't know. I think it's all weird. It is definitely <laughs> weird. Well, okay. So, Let well, me so ask a little spell, broader. So, but question hold on. Then. I'm I'm being maybe dumb. So by spell, do you mean this miasmar thing that everyone's got? No, no, no. Yeah. It's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a spell. It's the stupid uh, reality machine thing. Yeah, reality think. engine. But it's like basically a spell. <laughs> but what does it do? Uh so the idea is that this reality engine and their ritual that they performed locks Gotham under their control, like. They're mystically yeah. bound to the city, and they yeah. would be ruling the city if Batman hadn't inserted himself in 1776. Yeah. Time traveling Batman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so the Asmers are basically pet demons that yeah. they use to control people. Okay. Well, it feels like we went from zero to 150. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I was wondering. Well, let's ask a different question then. How do you feel about the pace of this story now? It feels like we went from zero to 150. Because I honestly, like, I enjoyed the character side of this story. I have no idea what's going on. Like, I get what's happening with Harvey because that backup was very helpful. <laughs> the Harvey <laughs> backup was very helpful. Um, but ah, as far as like. The Jim Gordon backup. <laughs> <laughs> That was less helpful with this issue in particular, but it lets me know that he's, I mean, that was fine too, but I just don't understand what the baddies are trying to do and how it's being implemented and like, why, why was everyone fine? Like last week or, you know, two issues ago before the annual. And now everyone's like zombies with smoke. And I don't, why is everyone just letting that happen? I was, I was just very confused of how we're in like another military state of the city. Well, we're not in a military state. We're currently in a gang war. Oh. Um, and it's only affecting one. Not super small, but definitely less than half the city is affecting a small region of the city. Um, 
in my opinion, the Orgums want to enslave Batman because he's resisting them. He's keeping Gotham free. That's fine. I mean, that would take him out, kill him, whatever. And actually, I I, I don't even want to go that far because at some point, especially after Batman fights back on the paralytic and stands, at that point, Gail is like, shoot him, kill him. So, you know, it wasn't until um, Ten Claw suggested that he get he gets tethered that that idea popped into his head I, I think the original plan was to just eliminate him if you go all the way back to the annual well I think the problem is that the organs are not as united as they think they are so Gale, the werewolf, his plan, and I actually think that Gale and Tenklar are the same person. This issue is a little bit muddy in distinguishing uh, Gale and Darkblood. Um, I don't think it's super clear when one is doing one and the other one's doing something. Um, but Gale, I mean, Gale's uh, like four or five hundred years old. And even though he serves the Orgums, he seems to be very independent and, like, very commanding. And he doesn't necessarily have his own agenda, but he definitely has his own way of doing things. So he's like a general who doesn't want to take over, but he definitely doesn't like being told what to do. He likes being given a goal and then getting to that goal his own way. Mm-hmm. And his own way is, let's kill Batman. I think the Orgums want to enslave Batman. Mm. No. I don't know. Do you think I'm reading it wrong? No, I just think we both have been given a lot and not enough. (laughs) (laughs) So it's hard to tell. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just hard. It's really hard to tell what the Orgum's battle plan is where Batman slash Bruce is is concerned because we really haven't seen that much of it firsthand. Yeah, all I'm saying is speculation and ba- i mean the annual is the most we've ever gotten from the orgum's perspective yeah what do you think about all these the the balance of how ramvi is telling the story with regards to the villains so we're getting deep looks into mr freeze and harvey dent and we're also going to look at some minor villains like ten-eyed man mm-hmm. um but we also have this huge amount of time and space devoted to you know gale the werewolf and this dark claw and the four pupiled lady. Like, how do you think that balance is working? And how do you like these new Orgum villains? Well, okay. Now, if it weren't for the deep looks at Freeze and Harvey and the boy, I don't know if I'd be as interested in this story. Cause I think those are the only things I'm hanging on to. Cause I don't quite, again, maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe I don't know how to read comics. Maybe I'm not good at reading things two weeks. No, a month <laughs> chapters, a month apart. Um, but the story isn't gripping me. The pacing of the story isn't gripping me. The only thing I'm enjoying is Harvey's struggle with himself. That's why I think I liked this issue as much as I did. Because as much as I didn't know what was going on, I liked seeing Harvey's internal struggle. I loved Harvey struggling with his friendship with Bruce and not wanting to give that up. And that was so sweet. Like, I really liked Harvey's character side of it. I really liked Mr. Freeze's character side of it. It's 
It's the only thing I like. <laughs> so you don't really dig the orgum stuff. I don't dig the orgum stuff. I have not found yeah, any okay. reason to like the orgums, to be empathetic, sympathetic, anything with the orgums. I don't still with all the stuff we've gotten about them. I don't know what they want. I don't know why they want it. Are they just one dimensional? I want power. I want all the property. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> I will say something and, and Ian will definitely Ian might definitely disagree simply because I know his thoughts on on Siberia. But ah. <laughs> as 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 much as Ian has them, I will say if it was not for the backups, I would not be reading this. The backups have really for better or worse, and the art has been pretty terrible. But the backups have done a pretty good job of filling in what would otherwise be a pretty uninteresting story. What we're seeing with Harvey is great, but it wouldn't be great if we didn't have some of the backups tying stuff in. You know, if we didn't have those, those that two-part or that three-part of backup where we see Harvey and Two-Face going back and forth, you know, inside of his mind. We would, we would somewhat be lost knowing where Harvey is. And I guess this is just overall the problem with the pacing. Again, this is the most action we've seen since Rombi has been on the run. And, and how long has it been? You know, uh, six, seven months, six, seven issues now. And. Yeah, it, it if it was not for. If it was not for the backups, I might not. I would have a hard time really reading this. I think that's very fair. I really disagree, as you say, but I think that's very fair. Um, and I think that's partly because the last three backups were all about um, Two-Face, and the backups before that were all about Jim Gordon. Now, we can quibble about how they were executed. We can quibble about um, whether they fit our own conception of the characters. But the fact remains that those are backup stories about beloved ancient characters from the Batman mythos. You know, Harvey and Jim are two of the longest-running and most well-known of Batman's supporting cast. And the main stories have mostly been about the Orgums. Mm. I, I, I don't want to overstate what I'm saying. I like the ideas that I see Ramvi playing with with the Orgums, the idea of... Uh, you know, an ancient supernatural slash business family trying to control an entire city throughout history and Batman standing against that. Like, that's kind of a cool, trippy sci-fi time travel metaphysical spiritual battle, you know, sort of taking Bat Batman's battle for the soul of Gotham and making it through history in addition to, uh, you know, through his lifetime. So I like that idea. I think the Orgums are not being 
I think the Orgums are very inaccessible. Uh, we don't see their thoughts. They are almost never honest when they're on page. So it's very difficult for us to know what they really want and what they're really feeling. And there's too many of them. Now, let, let me ask this question. Do you think the Orgums might be better if there was one or two of them instead of four to six? Like right now, there's so many, and I don't really know their backstories except for the werewolf. And even the werewolf is pretty sketchy. Like, we don't know why he's a werewolf or how his powers work. Um, but do you think it would work better if there were fewer of them? The problem is, no. The problem is, and, and sorry to cut you. Step, no, go ahead. <laughs> but the problem is, the real mastermind is nowhere to be found. That's the question. Yes. And the, the, mas- the mastermind, so two things is ruining it for me. One, the annual ruined it. We did not need Elseworld. We did not need that Elseworld story. And I think Ron V could have still told this story without including that. But two, the fact yeah, that... It is wrong, guys. The, 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 the fact that the mastermind of this, the queen, the all-seeing queen who got the eyes and the tongue in the box is nowhere to be found. And... We don't know who the true leader is. Is it Gail or is it Prince Arzen? You know, because he, the prince is coming over as the emissary, but is he really the captain of the ship? Or is it Gail? Gail is right. Gail is right, guys. Is Gail, you know, the captain leading the crew and, and Arzen basically is ceremonial? But the main problem is the queen isn't around. She's supposed to be the leader of it all. So that's my problem. I think that's really well articulated. I disagree about the annual, but I definitely see what you're saying. It was trippy and weird, and there was some sloppy construction in it. Um, but to me, it I, it feels like a key. I, I felt like I was hitting my head against the door of this story. And then when I read the annual, I felt like I had a key and I opened the door and I understand what's going on. And, and from that standpoint, I agree with you. I am speaking specifically from the standpoint of he used an Elseworld type situation where we get past renditions of modern characters. We get past renditions of Gordon and Crane. We don't need that. If it's something that yeah. happened in the past, I agree. Say, I, I agree. Mean, say it happened in the past, but the notion that we get what really felt like an Elseworld story, where it's just past renditions of modern characters, really turned me off. And have you again, read Gates of Gotham? Yes. Steph, have you read that one? Mm-mm, no. Okay, so. For those who haven't read it, this is a 10-year-old story came out just before The New 52. was written by Kyle Higgins and Scott Snyder. And it's a story that takes place half a hundred years ago and half in the present. And there's like a, a dark secret in the past. But the thing is, the past has Waynes and has Cobblepots and Elliots. Um, so it's got all these families, but they're not like versions of Batman and versions of Poison Ivy and versions of Hush. They're their own historical characters, so it like feels like real history. I totally see what Theo is talking about. Like we literally have fake Batman, mm-hmm. fake Gordon, fake, fake Bruce Alfred. Wayne, fake Poison Ivy. Like it's all these fake things. And I understand that Ramvi is saying that 
the reality engine locks these personalities in time, and so they come back over and over again because of the spell. And I'm like, okay, I think that's a trippy concept, but it is pretty dumb. Yeah. So, and like, if, I totally agree with what Theo is saying. I just, I enjoy being able to understand what's going on. And it's, and it's dumb because it's never happened before. Yes. If, 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 if this has been something within continuity and within history, okay. You know, it, it's, it's almost as dumb as Snyder's uh, what's the damn machine called that allowed Bruce to get his conscience back? Oh, yes, the stupid <laughs> memory machine. You, you, you know, that part, I mean, that part isn't, is, is what just irked me about the annual. You're absolutely right by identifying this reality engine and where it's been in Gotham all these times. Yes, that's a, that's a key point to the story that, that gives credence and background and everything we need to know exactly what the hell Ron B is doing <laughs> in the main story. But the way in which he told it, just that the, the way it was plotted just was not it was not well thought out in the standpoint of it was not needed. And I mean, you can just go back to the comments in the server where everyone talked about how much they hated it because it seemed more else world than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Steph, do you have any thoughts about that before I move no, to the totally next No, totally agree with Theo. Like I, I actually, yeah, I had that like emotional response reading it of this cheapens everything I love about Batman. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I hate metal because it makes Bruce Wayne the center, like the actual center of the universe. <laughs> But I do think that Batman should have Batman's story. And I don't like the fact, I don't like the idea that Bruce is caught in a never-ending cycle of being a 10-year-old boy who's orphaned, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that, I also don't like the fact that it's like caught in like, I like that Batman's parents, um, Thomas and Martha, are killed by a random mugging. It's not a conspiracy. It's not the Court of Owls. Like, I hate that part of Court of Owls, too. And I hate this in the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, where it's like, Car um, is it Falcone who does it? I don't remember. Yeah. I think it's Falcone yeah. who does it. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate when they make it part of a huge plot. I think Batman needs to be the result of an uncaring world that steals a young boy's parents from him for no reason. There is no reason why the Waynes are killed. I think that is essential to Batman. And so I do agree that this different, this uh, reality engine and making it part of this cycle caused by the Orgums, it, it pushes my buttons on Batman in ways that I really don't like. But that's not enough to ruin the whole narrative no, for there, me. No, there's a lot of good stuff to like Harvey, like Harvey and For uh, sure. what's his name? Mr. Fr Dr. Fr Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze. But with There's or without real emotion there, there is, but with or without that story or with or without the, the backup, not the backup, the um, manual anyway. and with or without the Harvey, the boy and Mr. Freeze stuff. It's still a story I'm not really enjoying or understanding. Now I'll admit I'm not the quickest person. I'm also not 
I have a terrible memory. So anything we read more than a week ago, I have already forgotten. But it's just, I don't know. This just isn't, if this is a story that some people are enjoying, I appreciate it. I love that for them. This is just not for me. And another thing I want to say is I ran into this a lot when I was reviewing Ramvi's Catwoman run. And I will stand by that Catwoman run is really good. I'm not saying it is a bad run. I think it's not a good monthly run. I think it works much better when you read it as a trade because Ramvi, he he just expects so much from the reader. He expects you to remember dozens of character names and dozens of relationships and be able to tease out how those relationships are changing and little hints of upcoming things like he's a very detailed like novel writer and i think that this detective run also would work better i'm not saying it's as good as his cat one run because i don't think it is but i think the structure of it works better if you read it like in trade as a as a whole story relatively close together like if you were able to read the whole however long it's going to be in a week, I think we would have a much better understanding, even if we didn't like what he was doing. I think we would see the craftsmanship that he's putting into it. I I I, I just can't see this being the same as his Catwoman run. His, his Catwoman run was far more easier to follow. It was, it, it had... Even in the long run, over the 25 issues or so that he was on the run, it had, excuse me, it had good starting points and stop points and clear endings to an arc, even though it may have led to something else. I just, it's, this is just not it. I mean, this is, this is taking Tom King and, and, and staying here almost with, Oh, how, the beer. <laughs> how, how, the, how the long game is going. You know, like I said, we're now seven months in thus far, and we're really getting our first bit of really good action outside of Bruce almost drowning. Well, in seven issues, uh, Scott Snyder had destroyed the city with the Court of Owls. Tom King had destroyed the city with uh, Gotham and Gotham Girl, and um, uh, who who else was I thinking about? There's there's another person, James Tynan. Actually, his he actually had a ton of stuff happening, but he actually didn't go anywhere for ten issues. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. Did Morrison destroy the city? Morrison, I read like ten years ago. And I don't like it enough to have reread it, so I don't remember individual <laughs> issues or arcs. Whenever I decide to pick up Morrison, I always kick off with Batman and, and Son. Well, that's the first arc. The thing is, Batman and Son kicks off a ton of stuff that Morrison then drops and doesn't touch again for two years. I didn't think that was his first run. That was his... No, Batman and Son is the first arc. Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, because I like to see uh, Damien almost kill Tim. <laughs> Damien and Fitzmartin. But I, I really appreciate this discussion. Like this, this run may not be our favorite, but I think we are having a really good. I think we're really teasing out ideas about Batman and we're really um, finding 
I think we're we're becoming better comic readers by talking about it this way. And, and um, I think I'll say, like, this is not poo-poo. <laughs> this is yes. not... This, this is isn't not, Cecil Castellucci on Bat- yeah. Batgirl. Or or what was that horrible filler arc about... Oh, geez, James Robinson yeah. on Detective. Oh, man, that was so Or bad. when Tomasi came on and our hearts were broken. <laughs> this is not poo-poo. This is just well-crafted something that I don't enjoy. It's like, you know, the best ever... I can't even think of food I don't like. Uh, a wonderful guacamole, but I hate guacamole. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I love guacamole, but yeah, I know. But it's like, the, it's the world's best ho- ho- horseradish dippy sauce. Okay, it's disgusting. Yep. No matter how well and how perfect it is, I'm still not going to like it. So, yeah, that's that's this. Is it's just this is horseradish sauce. <laughs> Last question for the for the main story. It feels to me I'm not 100 percent sure of this, but I believe that Ivan Ries and Raphael Albuquerque alternate every two pages. I think their styles really work together, which is why I can't say for sure, because I'm not always sure when their styles switch. But did you notice anything artistically that really stood out to you? Not that stood out to me. I did wonder sometimes if the artist had changed sometimes. Um, and the flashback stuff just like the memories that harvey had just the oh dang sorry the colors on those really struck me but i mean there's nothing there's definitely more splash pages like batman getting his (laughs) getting tickled (laughs) sorry when he's getting (laughs) when the guy's like attacking him (laughs) he's supposed to be crushing his ribs but it's going screech 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 like he's getting tickled I did laugh at that. I probably wasn't supposed to. So I will say this issue has more splash pages and more big, big pieces of art that are fun? Question mark? Um, But nothing that really stood out to me and was like, yeah, this is my new favorite artist. No, nothing like that. Yeah, I didn't. I I honestly didn't pay that much attention to the art um, to even form an opinion. I, I didn't realize that they were switching back and forth. Um, I definitely prefer Yvonne Reese over Albuquerque, but that's mainly because I haven't been a fan of Albuquerque on Batman anyway. I did notice, but that's partly because I had to write the review and I knew from solicits that's what was happening. I was a little disappointed because they said that the two master artists are going to mirror each other and it's a two-faced story. And when I think mirror, I think Batman number 50. And in Batman number 50, every page that Tom King wrote is a copy of the page before it. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's this real symmetry to what's going on. um, And there's no real symmetry in what's happening in this book. So Maybe our commenters can enlighten me on what the artists are doing that's like symmetrical or mirroring each other. I do think the styles really work together. I like both Reese and Albuquerque. And I really liked the scenes, the the nine panel grids of Two-Face struggling with himself, where you see little flashes of his memory. You Mm -hmm. see Bruce and you see the coin in every panel. Like the coin is falling. Um, That was beautiful. Uh, But like... It's all, like, very technically skilled, but I'm not loving it. Again, I I think that 
I'm not as against horseradish. I would say guacamole <laughs> myself, but like it's a really well done thing that happens not to be for me. And I think we've all given our reasons why it's not really for us. Uh, and there are different reasons. We all have different points that we're pointing out. Let's move to the backup. This is, I believe, a standalone backup. The last two backups have been three-part stories, but I think this stands by itself. But it's a continuation of the first three-parter with Jim Gordon and the boy, written by Cy Spurrier and illustrated by Danny, who did the first three issues. Jim Gordon and the strange kid he found in those first three issues try to find the kid's identity without success. They discover a hidden envelope in the records they are searching, but the kid supernaturally sees a strange spirit-like being hovering around Jim as he whistles an eerie tune. But when the kid tells Jim, the spirit flees. The kid jumps out the window to follow, hearing the thoughts of those around him. But Batman stops him just before he reaches the spirit. Jim arrives to help, but they see the bird tattoo on the kid's back glowing as he collapses. The letter they found has a list of 13 names attached to a Project Magpie, but the kid sees the fire lit by the Orgums and knows that there's no time to keep searching. So, we're back with Jim and the Weird Boy. Are you happy that we're back with them? Yeah. I was so confused when it started, and I hated the art. I was ready to bash this story, but then it kept going, and I realized what was happening, and I was like, oh... Our precious little boy is so broken. <laughs> He's got these weird powers. <laughs> Strange little boy. Poor boy. <laughs> Who changes age depending on who the artist is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I really like it. The 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 boy's story really intrigues me more than anything with the Orgums. <laughs> I wish the story was about... The backup was the Orgums. And the main story was Gordon and the boy. <laughs> Well, I wish you would enlighten me because I did not get what was going on. Well, he's so, well. We don't know exactly what's going on, but he's reading people's minds. He can hear their thoughts while he's trying to chase whatever this this spirit is. Whatever. I didn't say it made total sense. I said I liked it better than the main story. Of all of the superior backups, this was probably the most confusing for me. Oh, for sure. And I really wish they would give him a name. Yeah. Well, that's like the point. <laughs> He's one of the 13 names. I I didn't find this particularly confusing. Um, I just don't like it. Um, I will say, if I didn't know it was Iceberger, I might not dislike it as much as I do. Um, and it definitely doesn't have the things that really pissed me off in the first couple of issues that Spurrier did with Jim Gordon. Like, this Jim Gordon is fine. I'm not mad about this Jim Gordon. I was mad about drunk, stupid Jim Gordon in the first two issues. Like, that was unacceptable. But this is a Jim Gordon who's a detective, and he's working hard, and he's compassionate. I'm on board with this Jim Gordon. What were you saying earlier, Theo? Oh, no, I was just saying I'm going to end up naming him Nero for sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to name every weird male character Nero until it's proved otherwise. That's right. Because that stupid 12-issue uh, backup wasted our time. Wasted our life. We oh, my goodness. Deserve, we deserve having Nero. <laughs> we do. Do you think... So So it's very clear that Ram V and Cy Spurrier are collaborating heavily. Because they're, they're passing characters back and forth. And their characters are showing up in each other's stories. And they're impacting and influencing and setting up things in each other's stories. But this Jim Gordon story seems to be more like a parallel. Obviously, the Two-Face story is basically 
another part of Ram V's story. But this Jim Gordon story seems more like a parallel story. Do you agree with that reading, or do you think that it's ultimately going to be connected? Well, I mean, parallel... Well, that's actually, I was going to say parallel can have intersections, but that's literally the, the definition of parallel is that it doesn't intersect. <laughs> Engineering fact. Um, but um, I, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, it seems to be happening somewhat parallel. Batman is, it's fine, which obviously means it's not happening right now because <laughs> he's never fine. <laughs> but um I mean, I, that, I think that's, to me, that's what a backup should be, so that I'm keeping track of other side characters who aren't in the main story, so that when they appear in the main story, I'm not blindsided by any character development or change in their status, because I've been reading along and catching up on it. So I'm fine with that. I like that. It, it has to tie into the main story. I, I just can't see it going anywhere else. It wouldn't be worth it. I'd be perturbed if it did. I feel like they've been showing up enough that it's, I mean, because I guess when you said parallel, I was just thinking parallelly happening while the main story's happening, but I mean, still intersecting because it has been. So, I don't know. I guess I changed my answer then to it is an intersecting story. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <clears throat> I'm just curious because it seems to me to be more of a parallel, but I'm wondering what your feelings are if you think that it seems to be more connected than I think it is. Oh, man, watch him be another Orgum. <laughs> oh, gosh. That would be a way to connect it, for sure. It's totally Ooh, another the, Orgum. The, the boy? The boy's another Orgum, for sure. I would hate that. <laughs> Super exciting. Orgum, all yeah. Orgum, all the time. Uh, Batman's an uh, Orgum. I mean, it, oh, makes no. me wonder, it makes me wonder if that's actually the case, considering the boy has the ability to expel the asthma. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that could be very key. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Which is why, which is why I initially thought that they wanted Arkham Faith. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it so- seems like they don't even know about him. But then again, we don't one thing we complained about is we don't know what's going on in their heads. We don't know what they're doing. Oh, a mind reader might be very helpful in that. It would. Or the mastermind can always just show up. The boy is the master. <laughs> <And> monologue. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So let's give Detective Comics 1068 a rating out of five. <laughs> five arms. Uh, five tickle arms. <laughs> hey, I didn't do finger eyes. Finger eyes. Ew, it's so gross. If you're like me and you have trypophobia, uh, I don't know, y'all. I really love the Harvey stuff, and I actually really liked the boy backup, but the story is still all over the place, and I don't understand it, and the art is not my cup of hot cocoa. Oh, I always forget to rate this beforehand. Three. I say three. I I didn't bash myself over the head reading it. Three. I will also give it a three. 
I'm giving it a 3.5, which I also gave it on the website, which gives us an average score of 3.17 and a mode of 3. And I didn't even have to do it. (laughs) Theo did it. I know. So exciting. Say only because I'm in payroll mode. (laughs) That gives, uh, that finishes up our reviews for the week. Whether you are a first-time TVU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. And let's move on to Greater Gotham. We're going to start with an interesting Interesting entry. Batgirls number 14. Oh, Batgirls number 14. (laughs) I'm being bold and putting it first. Thumbs up because there was no dialogue. (laughs) It was a purely cast-centered story. It was lovely. The art was very interesting. And Steph's letter was terrible because she's not dead. And seeing Steph tied up at the end was so... I've actually forgotten how the last issue ended, so I couldn't remember what Cass was doing. <laughs> but, yeah. No, it's very good. Thumbs up. All right. So, mark this moment in history. <gasps> mark it down, Steph. I am. Mark. Okay. Um, Theo actually read a Batgirls issue, and it is... A thumbs down. Oh. Do, do not believe any of the mess that you saw on the Discord server. Do not believe that person posting as me was me. It was not me. It was my evil twin who <laughs> I recently fired. Uh, so. You fired your twin? <laughs> Yes, it was a thumbs down. Uh, no, it, it, I I will admit that it was a good issue. It is a um, thumbs up for me only because it was cast-centered. I'm all cast all the time. All cast all the time. And it is a, a big thumbs up for me. I think this is the best issue of the run, and I have been enjoying the run. You're not perfect. <laughs> Well, I mean, anyone who listens to the podcast knows that. I've been enjoying the run, too. I, even though it was completely focused on Cass's actions, I think Steph's letter kept her really present emotionally. So, like, it's still about girls' title. It's still about the cast. And just the visual storytelling of this was amazing. Amazing. And I saw so many little pieces of past stories and future stories. And I just think that's really well crafted by the writing and the the art together. And I am so excited to see what happens next. And I can't I can't neglect to mention that the variant cover by Art Germ is phenomenal. And even if you're not really digging the 
the story, which I think the story is worth digging. That art germ cover is awesome and definitely worth adding to your collection. Which one was that? I missed it. The art germ cover with uh, Stefan Cast back to back. I'll have to go look. Nightwing number 100. Uh, thumbs up. I enjoyed it up until the end. I don't agree with the move that Dick makes at the end. I think I think the whole ending kind of was rushed and cobbled together, and I don't quite understand. And I think the ending Wait, must be the direction you, that you you guys think the big announcement this week is going to go. Wait, you mean you mean you mean him turning the prison into the new into the new hall? I didn't quite understand. Okay, I'll be honest. I think no, that was that was Bane. Never mind. Um, I got a phone call in the middle of, of reading comics today, so I got a little distracted. But <clears throat> I think I was making dinner while I was reading Nightwing. But I just so he's like. I didn't understand what the Titans were doing. Like, are they in charge of the city now? Are they governing? Are they law enforcement? I was confused. Titans are supposed to be the new Justice League. Okay. After the old crisis and everything. Yeah. 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 The Trinity is saying, we want Dick to lead. Lead. Yeah. 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 And so. And that, well, okay, if I'm going to lead, it's not going to be the Justice League. I'm leading the Titans. But what did he do with the prison then? He tore it down. But he bought the property and he's like, we're going to do something better than prison. But I thought he meant like, I don't know, rehabilitation center or something. No, I think he's just setting those guys all free because he's a dum-dum. Because oh. <laughs> there's some real baddies in prison. I understand the justice no, system. No, they are all the victims of society, no, Steph, and they must be set some free. Some people are murderers. And... No, that's just a misunderstanding. Oh, okay. So yeah, thumbs I'm up for most of it because honestly, the the Bruce the Bruce Dick stuff had me in giggles in like tears. But yeah, but I I get what since since y'all brought up the whole prisoners thing, I get what Dick was saying. He wasn't saying that they weren't all innocent good guys. He was saying that they did not get the justice that everyone was entitled to their day in court. So for example, they couldn't come up with a hundred dollar bill or they missed a hundred dollar fine. And next thing you know, they're spending years behind bars. And that's That's the injustice. That's the injustice he was speaking to. And I'm okay with that because again, just talking about what's going on in Ridley's world. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, So I'm I'm assuming that you're giving this a thumbs up. Of course. <laughs> okay. This is a huge thumbs down for me. Quite apart from what I'm about to say about the ending, I think the way they took out Heartless was cliched. And they didn't take out Heartless. Um, he escaped. Yeah, but they took most of him down. They beat him up a lot. And I really don't like the way that Taylor structures his plots around Dick. He continually is Dick reactive and passive and manipulated by his friends. And I think that's oh, not... I don't agree. Oh, come on. I don't of course you don't. You that. like this run. Um, <laughs> and I, just don't I think, think that's that's that he's being be manipulated by his friends, really? Yep, consistently. Um, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, we're definitely going to just... 
Uh, you definitely. are free, and uh, when I am sick or out of town again, I am sure this will be the Tom Taylor cast again. <laughs> yeah. and that is completely justified, but I No, we can't. It was our lowest rated episode of all time. <laughs> Wait, wait, what happened? <laughs> when I checked the page, because we we don't get to see we don't get to see numbers for the podcast, but I could see page views on the website, and it was the lowest one in like two years. <laughs> Y'all need to listen to our Tom Taylor Robin cast. It was awesome. Um, I think that Dick needed to look in the face of someone. Who one of those people he set free um, stole their life savings, broke their leg and made them lose their job or murdered a family member. And I think he needed to look them in the face and say what he said. Because I don't accept what he said. I understand that the justice system needs reform and I'm 100% in favor of that. But what Taylor is using Dick as a mouthpiece for is not realistic, compassionate or just in any way. Yeah, the end made me feel uncomfortable. For sure. I wasn't uncomfortable. I was just angry. So, thumbs down. Um, Batman Superman World's Finest, number 11. Thumbs up. The David storyline is over and he got sucked into another universe where there was a biggie guy who... Anyway, it was, it was, it was good. It was a very good issue. Dan Mora's art is fantastic as always. I think I'm the only one who read it. <laughs> oh, I didn't read it. Next day. Catwoman number 51. Oh, thumbs down. <laughs> what the crap <laughs> was that book? Uh, I just want to say, I, I again, and it's an F stain because I just can't read it and I've, I haven't been given permission by Ian to read it. <laughs> but I am not looking forward, and this is me looking at the solicits. The solicits for the art for Selena's new costume has got to be the most, it has to be the ugliest suit. Well, actually, I think that costume is Ico. I think that the costume oh, was yeah. the, the, the with the gray with the gray onesie or whatever underneath. And the floppy looking ears. That's, that's, that's the Ico, Ico costume. costume, yeah. She's not trying to be Selena. She's Michael Hasegawa. She's the Yakuza boss who also was Catwoman. Oh, God. I'm so happy I'm not reading this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is... Continues to be thumbs way down for me. This title sucks and also is clearly being editorially interfered with. And even though I feel sorry that it's being editorially interfered with, it still sucks. Yeah. Batman Fortress, number eight. Upstain. Thumbs up. I like the way it ended. It was actually kind of funny the way it ended with Bruce now having all of clock powers, and it was given to him freely uh, as a means of the aliens not destroying the planet and um, clock basically doing penance, penance for what. Uh, the Kryptonians did to the other parts of the galaxy. So it was it was a weird ending, but it was an ending I am okay with. So thumbs up. Interesting. I a lot of people were very some were upset, some were excited about it. So I I haven't read it, but I might pick it up in the trade to find out what's going on. GCPD the blue wall number four. Ugh. You know, I really was 
in not, again, this is not a book you sit and enjoy. This is not a fun time book reading, but I was really okay with it. They weren't ruining Montoya again. And then the <laughs> ending, oh, it was so horrible. And I was like, no, this is, I was, the ending made me so sad. I had to give it a thumbs down. I was like, oh, the poor, the poor little, the poor guy being just driven to basically insanity. Like this was a one bad day book. <laughs> <laughs> this was definitely a one bad For day sure. Book. Oh, that poor kid. Much worse day than Penguin had in Ridley's version. None of the other than maybe Riddler, none of the other people had a one bad day like this kid did. Don't be mad, but it's a thumbs up. No, for- I mean, I'm mad. <laughs> I mean, you guys, we, we have different opinions. That's fine. We're not mad. No, I, it, it's all, this is all in jest. <laughs> but it's a thumbs up for me. I, I, I was not expecting that ending. Um, boy, it's really going to throw Renee for a loop. See, I was expecting the dog to die. Oh, me too. Totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was expecting the puppy to go the way of the goldfish, and that totally did not happen. So, that being the case, you know, so we didn't have the ASPCA to worry about. I was... (laughs) Yeah, it... As I always say, this is not a book you want to read if you've had a good day. Or a bad day. (laughs) It will definitely take you down a level. If you have a problem with the cops, rightfully or wrongly, you do not want to read this book, um, nor this issue. Uh, yeah, I feel for I feel for uh, Renee's family. I don't know, like Steph was saying, I don't know if I'm really okay with how Ridley writes her her being Renee because I I honestly don't think she's over Harvey yet I well she said that she said as much she's like I want you to stop the surveillance and he's like oh are you done with that she's like no but you know (laughs) we should Uh, I'm still abstaining I just um I, I have so many frustrations with Ridley. I, I feel like I shouldn't hate read more of his stuff because that's not productive. It's it's definitely I mean, I'd say it makes you think, but it's obviously written from the point of view of cop suck. <laughs> but just to take these three bush bright eyed, bushy eyed people and to just tear them down so much, it's so hard to watch. And you kind of get an idea of why it is hard to stay a good cop, especially in Gotham, in Gotham in particular. I'm not speaking to anyone's police force, anyone or anyone's dad or anyone's uncle. I'm just saying, from what we know of the police force in Gotham, a fictional city, but a fictional police force, um, it would be, it, it does, you, you kind of empathize with how hard it is to stay a good cop in Gotham. And also, racism sucks, and y'all should yes. be nice to everybody. That's, you shouldn't, shouldn't be mean to people. I was so, I was so pissed off at that panel. Oh, I, when he goes to the bar? Yeah, when they go to the oh. bar. Oh, yeah. It, 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 oh, I, I was sick I, to my stomach. Yeah, that was 
that was terrible. Yeah. I, I, you know, and you can you can see why not justifying anyone being murdered in cold blood, but you could see how easy it was to push this kid yeah. over the edge. And again, he was the best of the three. He was the top of the class. He, mm-hmm. the division he was put in was for the elite and he did everything he could to fit in. And if, like Steph said, if there was ever a plot to make the perfect one bad day story, this would be it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tim Drake Robin, number five. Well done. What did I say? I need to be honest. Uh, for a second, I thought it was not a Riley Rossma issue. And then it's I was half not a Riley Rossma yeah, issue. Yeah, no, I noticed. <laughs> Believe me, but I was like, oh. But unfortunately, it wasn't. They tried an to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was probably a big fat thumbs down. Yeah. Big vomiting, muddy colored, yucky book thumbs down. That's all I want to say about this book. I'm done. I'm done. I, I've been editing out our rants about this book because I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this book. Wait, why are you editing out the Because rant? it's all the same stuff over and over and over again. And I would get, I'm the editor and I get tired of listening to it. So that's all I'm going to say. I was like semi positive last last. I kept the positive stuff. No, it's no, it's a terrible book. They'll not read it. Good. Thumbs down for all the same reasons, and I'm disappointed because I thought last issue was a step up, and this is right back to the bottom of the trash. Yeah. Okay, I gotta ask, what happened this time? Um, So, there's a brief team-up with the Bat family as he's looking for Bernard, who's kidnapped, and then there's an encounter with someone who may be the villain and may not be, but it's like a disguise and like a big fight and salt and... monsters. And he has, so he has to pour acid on them and then he makes himself barf. Oh yeah. He and runs he throws acid. up because stomach ass. It's just so bad. Am I wrong for wishing Bernard would just die? I don't want him to die, but I would like him to move to a different city. <laughs> or just die. But that would make Tim sad. And I don't want to deal with sad Tim. He's already sad Tim. That's true. Even sadder, Tim. Even sadder, Tim. All right. Punchline the Gotham game number four. I honestly don't remember what I thought about it. I actually kind of was kind of impressed because Roman Sianis takes out all of her guys at her little fortress. So that was cool. Or at least he's about to. I enjoyed that. What did I say? Neutral. Because again, meh, whatever, whatever this book. And Bruce wasn't even in this book, and he's the only reason. I know, right? It. <laughs> he was actually an interesting part in the first couple of years. He was. Thumbs down. Cullen is still a damsel in distress. Thumbs down. This book, starring their sexiest, and I am saying that completely intentionally, their sexiest because she's costume has constant holes all over it. Their hottest new villain who got a huge boost with Joker War, and like, Punchline is supposed to be like a premium property. It's the new Harley Quinn, the new Joker, only real sexy, and they have three different artists and four issues, and none of the artists are bad. This is not a comment, like, um, I'm not saying that any of the artists are bad, but three artists 
on four issues of a miniseries. Miniseries should have the same artist the whole way through. Says who? Says me. <laughs> um, there is a clip going around Twitter of a new video game, and I don't know what the video game is, but the dialogue is hilariously awful. Like, just someone took someone watched a Buffy episode while they were super drunk and then got super drunk again and tried to copy that dialogue. And it's just hilariously bad. This makes that look like Shakespeare. This dialogue is so cringe inducing. It is so bad. It's so basic, like almost grip directions for seeing what you're supposed to be feeling about this character. Like there's no voice. There's no character. It's all just push button. This is the emotion you're supposed to be feeling. And it's horrible. I almost gave it a pass for all the horrible puns because they self-reference how many puns there are in the dialogue. <laughs> I was like, well, at least they're the aware. Pun, I'm not I'm not talking about the puns. I'm talking about the, the fact that they're trying to convey human emotions and like <laughs> ideas. And it's so bad. Um, I did. I actually like a lot of the ideas that they're trying to play with, like this new, um, what are, what's this game? Lucky Cards? Shoot, I should know this game. The Royal Flush. Like, they're playing with the Royal Flush gang, and it's actually interesting. And there's lots of cool character designs and lots of interesting ideas about influencers and crime and stuff, but it's so badly done. Like, it's a waste of potential. Yeah. Harley Quinn, number 26. I was split on this one. A, a high neutral, but I am mourning that this isn't the book it used to be. It was not whimsical, but there was, I don't know. There was whimsy in it. There was whimsy in it, and her her friendship with Kevin in the face of all the horrible stuff that was happening to her, I was really enjoying. And I, I still love her relationship with Kevin. It's actually reached a depth now in the more seriousness of the book than it could have before. So, yeah, Kevin's having some nice character development. I love him. I wish he was in more books. But I, I don't know if I'm enjoying the direction and tone that the book is going into. So that's why, it, as a book, it was good. I'm not enjoying the direction the book is taking, especially with some of the side detours we've done like that. Lucas Fox, Luke's Fox story. Oh man, that was such a waste. That was I read half of that, and Luke deserved this, better. Yeah, is this still Stephanie Phillips? Yep. Teeny Howard starts in April. Although they did mention the Luke Fox story in this one, and that was actually really funny because Harley's like, "My first plan is to call Luke Fox and have him come <laughs> up with a good science is solution to this," and then she tells her second plan, and and Kate's like, "So, do you have Luke's number?" <laughs> We should call him. <laughs> Your plan is terrible. <laughs> but, yeah. Unfortunately, I... So, some of these books, I don't read because I don't want to. This book, I kind of want to read, but I keep forgetting, and I'm so behind at this point. So, I, I have no opinion. Um, I really liked that first year a lot, but I kind of... The book did kind of lose me. So you really didn't need to. Uh, she died and then Kevin brought her back, but that's not super vital. And then somehow a portal opened and all the Harleys came into our universe. And that's where this one started. I'm super over multiverse stuff right now. Yeah. As people on the Discord know, because I had a very long conversation about it. <laughs> oh, all right. Getting to our end, we've got 
One Bad Day Catwoman. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> I told you she would like this, and I was right. All you gotta give me for some good time is a bat kiss and some flirting, and that's what I got. And Catwoman's One Bad Day wasn't so bad. Although, there was an emotional journey, but she wasn't as... <laughs> This was surprisingly light for this series. Yeah, for this series, she got off easy. She she just had some family history trauma. That's that's fine. She wasn't put in a cell and tortured or something. Yep. Or made to, what was it, eat her husband's eyeballs? Whatever. Oh my gosh. Whatever that storyline was. Gotta love 80s Catwoman. (laughs) They thumbs up for me. I'm going to give it a moderate thumbs up. I didn't love it. It's um, definitely not as good as Two-Face. I really like Two-Face. Hey, what? Levels of thumbs up and... Is it thumbs up or th- not? It's, it's hey, my we, show. We, we I do, can we do, say what kind of thumbs up I want. We give enthusiastic and unenthusiastic thumbs ups and thumbs yes. down. <laughs> this is good, but it doesn't reach like an intensity for me. Two thumbs um, and the toes. So. <laughs> And the art was gorgeous. Like, Jamie McKelvey did a really good job on art. Even though I don't like this Catwoman costume, he does a good job with it. I actually loved her hoodie through, like, the first third of the book. I was like, wow, Catwoman's going casual. I love it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm talking about, like, the the jacket with the armpit holes. I just still hate that thing. I was kind of hoping with it being technically out of the universe, universe, they could have done one costume, but no. Uh, and to wrap us up, one bad day, Bane. Thumbs up. I, I was a little confused on how Batman survived, but um, overall, it was really good. I loved it. That was two thumbs up for me. <laughs> I think the only one with regards, excuse me, the only one with regards to uh, one bad one bad day that was better is Two-Face, in my opinion. But this was very good. I love the interaction between Bruce and Bane. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is also two thumbs up for me. I was blown away. Now, um, for me, this ties with, with the Two-Face, because I love both of them, and I, I bought the Jim Lee covers for both of them. I really, really liked them. Um. I was kind of dreading this book because Josh Williamson is such a crapshoot. Sometimes he gives us Robin and sometimes he gives us Shadow War. Um, I was worried about Howard Porter. Yes, and Howard Porter. I I just don't like Howard Porter, but somehow, I don't know. I think it's probably because they gave him more time to work on this book. It's a bigger book. It's a longer book, but he had space and it's actually readable. I'm not going to say I love the art, but it's readable, which sometimes it's really not readable with Howard Porter for me. Um, and so, like he does these really awesome storytelling things where he like has these big panels going down to really tiny panels and then going back up to big panels. And it's just masterful storytelling stuff. Or teeny comic. tiny panels. Like that. Exactly. Was, yeah. Little tiny bits. But you still like get the sense of like the, the fighting and the emotion that he's trying to go with. And it's a rhythm and artistically and then the writing like this is this is so creative like a lot of the writers are trying too hard to like either copy alan moore or comment on alan moore the killing joke 
But this takes the idea of One Bad Day, and it still fits in the series, but it turns it on its head, because the whole point of Bane is he's never had a good day. His whole life is bad days. And so this is the story of Bane's good day. And it's amazing. And I was really moved at the end. Oh, it was really good. This is a really Bane, good one. now. Exactly. You got Bane Jr. <laughs> <laughs> on a road trip. Uh, so we're going to end on that. All of us loved One Bad Day and all of us liked One Bad Day Catwoman. So <laughs> One Bad Day, I was actually kind of dreading this series, but we've gotten three solid stories out of it so far. And I found things to like about the Riddler one. And uh, I didn't like the Penguin one. What's the other one we got? Two Faith. Uh, uh, I think that's it. Two is it just those five? I think so. Okay. There's three did, did, more. Did we like I mean, did we like Penguin? I didn't like Penguin. I don't th- I don't remember if you guys oh, did, but I, really- I yeah, no, I agreed that Batman was not great. Batman was such a moron in it. Yeah. And hold on. I'm gonna look them up because I wanna know what's next. Next is Clayface. Which one do we know? Basil. Basil. So it's Clayface. Oh, Mr. Freeze. Oh, oh yeah, Freeze. I didn't. Freeze was good. I really like the art, but I hated the story. So Why? Oh, I just don't like making him this weird, like, the bad hunter dude. <laughs> yeah, he he was pretty protective. I mean, no, but, I don't but, think oh, I read that one. It was oh. a different. You huh? I didn't <gasps> read that one. I'll have to go back and read that one. Him, yeah, I mean, the thing about these he, is they're very digestible. He basically didn't. I mean, despite the the notion of him wanting to save Nora, mm-hmm. in actuality, he didn't want to because he didn't want to share her with but, but his I mean, the world. So here's thing. here's yeah. a really weird thing. I'm going to admit, and uh, so here's another thing you need to mark down. <laughs> I think Tomasi's best story arc was the Freeze arc because he did something really unexpected, and I think he did it well. He yeah. had. Nora wake up and turns out she actually wanted to be even more evil than mm-hmm. Mr. Freeze. And it left Mr. Freeze still stuck. Like, he doesn't become a good guy, but he's still got that sympathy. So, I still have that in my heart as Mr. Freeze, and this this Mr. Freeze was just not... I didn't find it as interesting or poignant. So, it... But the art was great. So, it was but, interesting because it was a different take. It was a different take that I wasn't able to accept. Like, sometimes I can take a different take. I wasn't able to take it this time. Uh, next is Clayface by Colin Clayface? Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Lansing. And next after that is going to be everyone's favorite, Raza Ghoul by Tom um, Taylor. Your two favorite. <laughs> I am fully expecting to hate that one. Hey, there's only been one Raza Ghoul I even remotely thought was interesting, and he was not written by Tom Taylor. He doesn't even give Tom Taylor a chance. He really doesn't. I just, he, he just knows he's gonna hate it. Yeah. Although, although Theo gave Batgirls number fourteen a fair shake. I'm just saying. I just. Wish I mean, that, I'm going to read it. I just so. wish it was Guru Raz is all. Yeah, Guru I like Raz Guru Raz with his Guru. enlightened hairstyle and his. Anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> That Man. brings us to the I'm end so of Greater Gotham. About, 
I'm so worried about this whole Dawn of DCU thing. I oh, mean, why? How many? Okay, so how many books is Joshua Williamson writing? Well, like he's a, writing Superman, and he's, he's writing. Superman, he's doing Green Arrow. Yep, and then he's doing he's he's doing at least three or four books again. Well, he's writing his own indie series, so that's no, three. I'm just speaking DC in general. Holy moly! I feel like there was one more, but I don't remember what it was. He's doing a lot again, and 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 as always, my concern is that his stuff will suffer because of it. Well, all we can do is wait and see. I mean, the thing is, he's not on the Batman universe anymore. He's on Green Arrow, and he's on um, Superman. So we don't have to read him anymore. Um, I probably am going to check out some of those books, but we're not going to cover them on the podcast because not Batman. Yeah. I want to take a chance to thank our Patreons. We read uh, all the people who contribute to a certain level every month on the podcast. And I want to start with... Thank you to Lisa Slack, Donovan Morgan Grant, Austin Davis, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Johnny McCloskey, Gerald Green, Donald Townsend, Cesar Diaz, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Ed Grouse, Jessica Morales, Rob O, Captain America, David Richards, Tim Garassi, Mary Garrett, Robert Lewis, and Stephanie Mounts. Thank you all for helping keep our archive on the web and giving us a chance every month. Well, twice a month to tell you about comics uh, in the Batman universe. <laughs> we will see you next time, hopefully with more news that we're missing this time. But it's possible it won't be about Batman at all, so we won't have missed anything. Until then, I've been Ian. This is Steph. And it's Theo, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Theo. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.